what it is, RJLA family. I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on RadioJustice.org in the real day-to-day happenings of urban living locally and worldwide. For you while staying safe at home or masked on the bus, train, plane, or social distancing everywhere. Conversation Peace was on the scene outside of City Hall in downtown Los Angeles, where organizations like LA Can, Los Angeles Community Action Network, and ACE, Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment, held a press conference with other organizations to get the Tenant Anti-Harassment Ordinance passed, bringing justice to renters who experience daily harassment from their landlords. Today on Conversation Peace, hear from lead organizer Sergio Vargas of ACE and from tenants Janice Dixon and Maria Luz Ortiz, who also spoke at the press conference and shared with me their stories of harassment from their landlords. But first, Radio Justice Community Calendar Spotlight with Nosizwe Shamaranga on women and money with some startling statistics. Welcome to Conversation Peace. Now, this is my job. I will not quit it. Pulled me out the depths when I thought that I was finished Yeah, I question if I could go the distance That's just the work regardless of who's listening Listening, listen See, I was meant to be a warrior Fight something amongst me Leave here victorious Classroom of kids Or a venue performing If I'd done it for the money I'd have been a fucking lawyer Concrete, vagabond Band telling stories Humbled by the road I'm realizing I'm not important See, life's a beautiful struggle I record it Hope it helps you Maneuvering through yours That's why we stay in the lab at night I've been staring into this pad For over half my life A true artist won't be satisfied So I guess that's the sacrifice and I said, make you the money, don't let the money make you change again and let the game change you. Uh, I forever remain faithful. All my people stay true. I said, make you the money, don't let the money make you. Nosizwe Shemaranga, welcome to Conversation Peace. Thank you so much for having me, Angie. Okay, so Conversation Peace family. Nosizwe is one of my college BFFs from UCLA. I've known her since 1982. And some of the things that she's done at UCLA that I want everybody to know about is that she is one of the founders or the founder of the African Women's Collective. Oh, one of the founders. One of the founders of the African Women's Collective at UCLA that started in 1985 and still running to this date right now. She was telling me about this Women and Money seminar that's gonna be happening. I had to ask her about it because I know her love for women. I know her love for community and her love for empowering us to freedom and liberation. Why are we having a women and money seminar? Well, Angie is so important. I mean, financial education and financial independence for women, those are absolute necessities. And I really wish that when we were in college that 
the information that we're sharing at the Women in Money seminar, if we had learned that information then, I believe, I know personally, my life would be totally different from a financial perspective, you know, because I got this information pretty late in life, you know, I was like late 30s, early 40s or whatever, and, you know, was in a position to where I had to pay catch up financially. So it is my passion and just great love to share this information with everybody in our community, but I have a special place in my heart for the women. Um, there are a lot of reasons though why we need to actually get this information. Number one, we live longer. So for those of us who are married, um, you have spouses, men, that a lot of times, even today, still are like the main person that handles the finances in the household. So it's important for women to stop saying, you know, oh, oh my husband handles that. You know, even just just for the simple fact that we tend to live longer. So we need to know what to do with the money when our husbands are not around, when they pass away, or, you know, when we get people get divorced, you know, things like that happen. And so uh, typically um, women are in a more vulnerable, vulnerable position to be taken advantage of by people out here who know that women know less about finances. So that's one reason. Another reason is that we tend to typically make less money in the workforce than men. Um, white women make 81 cents on every $1 that a male, the white male makes. And black women, we make 68 cents. So when you're making less money, you definitely need to know what to do with it. <laughs> and what about the single women? The women who never, never been married? They absolutely need to know too, but they're more likely, I mean, if they don't, there's, if there's not a spouse to lean on, then they're more likely to, you know, know that they have to get that, know that information. But sometimes it's, it's more than just knowing it, it's knowing the right information, you know? So that is one of the things that we will focus on, making sure that people, number one, we're educating. We're educating about important financial concepts that everybody needs to know. And if we know them, and then if we know better, we can actually do better. So that's one of the reasons, um, another reason why the event. And then women um, actually hold two thirds of the student loan debt out there. And as we know, student loans are, you know, one of the greatest uh, sources of debt that uh, people have. And so women need uh, debt elimination plans. We all do, but especially women. And then fewer women than men actually invest. So that means at retirement time, we have less money saved up. So um, we are in a position where we're more dependent on somebody else to take care of us in retirement, you know, if it's social security or an individual. Um, so again, it's an opportunity for people to get an, an education that we desperately need because we don't get it in school, not even in college. Uh, I got two degrees from UCLA and neither one of them said anything about finances, <laughs> personal finances. But interestingly enough, even people I know with um, like MBAs, you know, they don't know about personal finances a lot of time. They know about business finances. So it is just something that many of us have just not been exposed to unless our parents were, you know, um, 
have the information and they just pass it on to us. But a lot of us were not in that situation at home. So we're gonna, at this event, just break down some very simple financial concepts that people can use. And we're gonna offer them, uh, teach them about a financial plan and then offer people the opportunity to get it and get it complimentary. That's a big deal because everybody needs to know where you are, where you're trying to go, and then you need a financial GPS to get there. And that is what we will give everyone who comes an opportunity if they so choose to, to get a free, a complimentary financial GPS. That sounds really good. I need one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all do. We all do. So yeah it's, it's and and there there's going to be a guest a guest speaker who, who is who is the guest speaker oh the guest speaker she is her name is joyce bonds yes yeah, she is with leg mason and she's gonna it's a virtual event by the way and she is definitely going to bring it in a way the information the way she shares it is just down to earth and she makes it so that everything is under like we really understand it and we get it it's not going to be a lot of like terms that people don't understand it's going to be in a language everyday language that we can get especially as women and she has a she is very talented at um sharing this information in a way that makes it not only um easy to understand but you're inspired to get started with your financial independence plan Right, so we're, we're expecting to have Bond, Joyce Bond, VP <laughs> Senior Advisor at Lake Mason for Women and Money. And this is taking place on Saturday, Juneteenth, Juneteenth, yeah. right? Which is a very appropriate, because it's about freedom. Juneteenth was about our freedom. This event is about our financial freedom. Right. June 19th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And how do we get to sign up? Well, um, actually people can call me directly and I will text you the web, the um, link to join in. You do need to register. So, and it is complimentary, the entire event. Um, you can reach me at area code 310-904-9779. That's 310-904-9779. And that is my direct um, cell phone number. And if you want to text me or call me either way, I will just uh, reply with the, the link for the event. All right. So you guys make sure you call No Seasway. Leave your name and your number and ask for the Zoom details for Women and Money Seminar on Saturday, June 10th, which is June 19th, starting at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. No Seasway, thank you so much for your love for our community. And, I, you know, girl, I can't even believe that you started, you, you're one of the founders of African Women Collection, and it's still happening at UCLA. How did, how did that even happen? Well, first of all, it's African Women's Collective, uh-huh, AWC, and it um, it really just started with some of the women on campus. Um, we wanted to create an environment where all the women, regardless if you were in a sorority or not in a sorority or 
just, you know, a black woman on campus. We wanted a place where you could come and feel um, welcome and also have a sense of support and protection and to, you know, get through the UCLA experience, uh, make it a more positive one and to get, a, you know, help with graduating and just, you know, it was just us coming together and wanting to be a support for one another. And that's how we started. Good stuff, good stuff. Okay, well, we'll see you on Saturday. Yes. Good with you on Saturday. We're gonna have a lot of fun. It's not gonna be a real technical type deal. It's gonna be a lot of fun, great information. Join Walker Associates West for Women and Money on Juneteenth, Saturday, June 19th, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Zoom. Featuring Joyce Bond, VP Senior Advisor at Leg Mason. Call 310-904-9779 for Zoom details. Next, Janice Dixon's story of harassment from her landlord. I'm Angela Birdsong of RadioJustice.org. You're listening to Conversation Piece, and I am downtown Los Angeles in front of the City Hall where there is an organ organizing pushing for the tenant anti-harassment ordinance for tenants of Los Angeles. I'm standing here with uh, one of the organizers and who is also um, a tenant who is pushing for this, Janice Dixon. Janice, tell me what is your story? Why are you here today? And how did you get connected with ACE? Uh, Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, So I am here because I am a victim of landlord harassment. Uh, I don't like the word victim, but I am being harassed by my landlord. I've been uh, harassed for several years. When I moved in 18 years ago, uh, it was basically owned by like a woman who was a nice lady and I had a quiet enjoyment of the property for a while until she got sick and her family took over. Once they took over, they immediately took me to court to try to evict me out of greed, trying to get more money for an apartment in a nice neighborhood um, that's in a rent-controlled neighborhood. So they couldn't just go up on the rent. It's only 3% per year. As you can see, I'm still here. I, they did not win in court. The, the judge still allowed me to stay. However, that's when the retaliation began. Uh, that owner hired the landlord, who he's allowing and ordaining, to actually harass me. Um, some of the examples are... You know, they'll use not repairing things as harassing me. I haven't had properly working electricity for three years. Uh, There is a case with the Los Angeles Housing Department that they continue to extend and extend, and and then the landlord continues to not fix it, the owner not fix it. And um, now it's going to the city attorney's office. But they'll probably fix it just in time, and there'll be no consequences for them. Other things is that, um, you know, there was a time when I was the only tenant in the three unit building. I was the only person there. And I was parking in the driveway, as I had been doing at the time for about 15 years. The landlord drove by all hours of the night. You could see his car driving by. And he saw that my car was parked in the driveway, which I always do. The next morning, there's signs posted, huge, three huge orange signs posted on my driveway, no parking in your own driveway. So I couldn't park in the driveway. The other things that he's done is um, give me notices to remove so when we did have tenants move in i'd get notices to remove all of my stuff from the common area but no one else had to remove their stuff bicycles everything they came and threw away my bicycles my 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 grill any furniture when everything else was left from the other tenants who had moved in um clean out your garage or be evicted the notices go on and on and on 
Uh, during COVID-19, I got at least two notices to pay rent or be evicted, even though we are clearly in a pandemic, even though we are uh, in a rent uh, moratorium right now. However, notices that say pay rent or move out. However, if I had not found ACE, I would have thought that I was really going to be evicted. But I was I discovered that there are laws in place and there's a moratorium in place and they can't just do this. Um, other things that have happened, I got just a month ago, I got a notice on my door to sign a new lease. I've been there 18 years and they want me to sign a new lease. And I checked with the Los Angeles Housing Department. It turns out that's illegal, that unless the lease exa is exactly like the first lease, they I don't have to sign it. But sign the lease or be evicted. Obviously, they have not filed eviction yet because that's an illegal tactic. Um, we, Myself and Ace, we sent the new owner a letter, a demand letter, and their attorney, a demand letter that totally details all the harassment that I've been going through, most of it, not even all of it. You can't even put all of it on a couple pieces of paper. But some of the harassment that's been going on, we detailed it in this letter about a week ago. Um, we gave them nine days to respond. As of two days ago, they responded saying, if the landlord is doing something illegal, call the police. That was their response. No responses to any of the issues, any of the issues of, of the neighbor that they had move in to harass me. So that's another way that they can harass you, is they can have someone move into an empty unit and harass you on their behalf. That's what's happening to me right now. I reported this to the landlord that I've been stalked and threatened by the new tenant. No response. I had no choice but to file a restraining order against that tenant who has violated the restraining order because I got the restraining order four times. Landlord, owner won't do anything about it. They won't keep me safe. They won't do anything about my safety. Uh, I have been in, in fear of not only the landlord and not only the owner, but now this new tenant. So that's why I'm here so that this can stop so that landlords will be held accountable for all of this harassment that they're doing. Everybody out here, we're all victims. Every, you can find, if you want to interview more people, all these people, every single one of us are tenants that have been harassed by our landlords, and it's time for it to end. So how do you sleep at night? And this has been going on, you said, for you've been living in this, in this building for 18 years. How long has the harassment going, been going on? Oh, boy, so it goes back. So in 2006 is when they took me to, I uh, moved in in 2002, and 2006 is when they took me to court to try to evict me. And at that time, this is going to get a little complicated, but at that time, the original owner had given the property over at Power Tony to one of her best friends. Obviously, the family hated that. So there's been this tussle over the property. However, that particular owner was in cahoots with the family, and they took me to court. So that was back in 2006. Now, about mm, 2011 is when they wrestled it from that owner, and now it's the, the, the nephew and niece who own it, right? And they, it's even gotten worse since they have taken over. They have harassed me through this landlord for, for years. So now we're saying since 2008, and then the new owner, 2000, um, and, and now, 2011. So sleeping at night is not easy. Like, I, I cry myself to sleep. You know, I don't have anywhere else to go. L.A., the rent is just so expensive that once you get a rent-controlled apartment, you really don't want to let it go because where else are you going to go and, and not have to pay, you know, sky-high rents? Where else are you going to go when my mom lives in a whole other state in a high-rise building for senior citizens and she can't even have anybody live with her? So this is, you know, I hear people say all the time, well, why don't you just move? If it were that easy, I would have been gone. I would have been gone a long time ago. 
You know, there are <laughs> there are reasons that we're all here and that we, we haven't been able to move yet. That is an option once I get things together and able to, like, you know, be able to maybe move back home. But right now, this is my home. And it's been my home for 18 years. And I don't, I don't, I plan to fight. I don't plan to just move simply because I'm being harassed. That's called self-eviction. And I don't plan to self-evict myself. Okay. You said there are um, three, there, there is, the, the building has three units. One unit, they put in someone to, to harass you, try to get you out. Who's in the other unit? What, 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 what are their, what are the owner's intentions with the building? So that's a great question. So the, I live in a guest house in the back, and then the front house is two units, upstairs and downstairs. So it's front house. So literally, if I go down my stairs, my neighbor downstairs that harasses me is literally at the bottom of my stairs in the front house. Now, the top house, uh, the owner, uh, the renter, she had been there even longer than me. However, her father got sick, and so she's been in New York for probably about 10 years. She kind of maintained the unit. She, was, she ended up renting out to another man uh, who actually died in the unit about four years ago. So it's technically not even really inhabited because she's been gone taking care of her father. Uh, but then, and then she rented it out to, to the guy who, who died in the unit. Uh, but then there was two men. And so they were never getting harassed. I was the only female living there. Um, you know, I, I was divorced. So, you know, there, I don't, don't have like a male around. Uh, so the, it was an easy target for them to, to harass me. So, but... What are their plans? Why do they want you gone? Okay, so like I said earlier in the in the uh, press conferences, there's there's two reasons. One is that they can get more money for the unit. I've been living there for 18 years. I'm under rent control. The first, the, the original owner never went up on my rent for about six years. The new owners came in and they could only go up three percent per year. And so now it's just tick tocking really slow up, and they could get more. The second reason is that. There are landlords, believe it or not, like mine and owners who actually want to punish tenants like me for having the audacity to even fight back. And, you know, they're like, wait, you, you wrote us a letter through ACE? You did? And they just don't like the fact that we are fighting back and not just laying down and self-evicting. And so a lot of it is just revenge from not being able to get me out when they took me to court back in 2006. Uh, revenge for me fighting back. Revenge for me not just allowing this to happen. So it's just been a very dark and sinister and unempathetic energy outside of my house. Now, inside, I'm all prayed up. I feel like there's there's peace. You know, I have the doors anointed with oil. All is good. My mom has blessed the house. But outside, I, I feel that dark energy, and that just has to end. What do you want people to know? Why is the tenant anti-harassment ordinance so important? Because as of right now, there are no consequences for landlords who harass, for landlords who refuse to make repairs as a tool of harassment, for landlords who drive by unannounced place uh, illegal notices on people's doors. There's absolutely no no consequences for them. This a landlord could literally go all the way to the city's attorney and never make the repairs until the last minute. The other thing is that people like me need to have access to attorneys to fight back because had I not found ACE, I wouldn't have been able to just fight back on my own. I didn't have that kind of support. So as they have their attorneys putting letters on my door, sending me notices to sign a new rent, they have their attorneys. The landlords have the money to have attorneys. I don't have that. And so with this ordinance, it will allow us to have access to attorneys, especially if they change just that one little word. There's a big difference between may and shall. The word may just means, oh, you know, the... the um, 
the tenant may have access to an attorney, but shall means there's no doubt. We need to have access to this legal help. That's why this needs to be passed. Also, the other part of this amendment that we need for them to change is the, uh, the burden of proof. Right now, the burden of proof is on the tenant to prove all the harassment, even if it's been 18 years. Well, that's another step for the tenants to have to try and pull it together. And a lot of times we just, you know, get give up. You know, so it should be the burden of proof for the landlord to prove that they didn't harass us. You know, we obviously, you know, I'm one of the tenants that has lots of proof. You know, I have video cameras. I had video cameras installed when this when this uh, tenant moved in who's now harassing me, who I have the restraining order against. So I have video cameras. I have, you know, all of the letters that they put on my door. All the notes. But not everybody's like that. Not everyone's going to be that um, organized. And we, we, we just need we need for this to pass. We need for them to be more on the tenant side than they are right now. They are standing up for, I mean, this, this amendment has been in limbo for like four years or more. You know, they, it has been on the table for this anti-harassment uh, ordinance to be passed for years. And the only reason it's been brought back up is because it's gotten so bad during COVID-19. All of these landlords are trying to evict their tenants during COVID-19, and now, you know, this is back on the table. So we're just hoping that you know, our elected officials, and mine is Mark Ridley-Thomas from District 10, uh, that they step up and do the right thing. That's a lot going on. And so this ordinance, you said, has been in limbo for four years. What are we expecting to happen today or this week or this month or this year? Well, because of ACE, we've actually brought this amendment to be to be to the table so it can be voted on it actually wasn't even voted for it was stuck in limbo so now right here where we are at city hall they are voting on these ordinances today so what we want them to do today is not only pass them which we hope that they will but we also want them to adopt the new language that we have proposed to them which is the letter i mean the word may being replaced by the letter shall and also the burden of proof being on the landlord how did you find ACE? How did you find ACE? Alliance, Alliance of California Community Empowerment. Alliance of California Community Empowerment. How did you find ACE? Oh, God. I mean, just, just really like a blessing. I, um, I had reached out to um, Stay Housed LA. I went to their website because I had gotten that notice on my door to sign a new lease. And then the next week I got a notice on my door to pay rent or quit during a pandemic, even though the rent moratorium is supposed to be until June 30th, June 30th. So I should not have been getting any of those. So I needed help. <clears throat> so I went to the, uh, the Stay Housed LA website. And uh, one thing I found on there was <clears throat> to take this, this seminar, this webinar uh, about our rights as tenants. And on that webinar is where uh, I met Ace for the first time because they were hosting the webinar. And um, I actually spoke with uh, Sergio um, right after he's right there. Sergio, how do you say your last name? Vargas. Razo. Yes. Vargas Rosa, yeah. E-R-G-A-S. Yeah. So, yeah, so I spoke with uh, Sergio, uh, who called me and said, hey, do you need any um, information about landlord harassment? And I was like, oh, my God, if you only knew the half of what I've been going through. And he said, oh, really? Well, tell me your story. I told him my story. I sent him information. I sent him, you know, evidence. Uh, you know, I sent him, the, you know, all of the um the notices that have been posted to my door, and he said, well, I think we can help you. Within a week, ACE, this organization, was in front of my house protesting, just like we are right here. This was happening right in front of my house, protesting this anti-harassment. Uh, 
uh, for, the, for the landlord. We also went to the landlord's house and knocked on the door with the news team was there and everything um, to, to let them know that I'm not alone anymore. So this is how I got in touch with, with ACE or they got in touch with me. And now I'm just so blessed and happy that I'm a part of this because I'm no longer alone in this fight. What was the landlord's response to ACE um, protection and advocacy for you? They called the police. <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, they're bullies. And so they, they don't actually want to sit down and try and make things better. What they want to do is fight. They want to call the police. They want to say, how dare you actually challenge my harassment? So they call the police. We have a police liaison here who talks to police. We're not doing anything illegal. We're, we're protesting. Um, but I can tell you that the owner has still done nothing. The owner is just as complicit in this as the landlord that she hired. So now the owner, Mark Siley, who lived in New York, he died back in September. So as I was getting a restraining order against my neighbor who's harassing me, Mark Siley had passed away. I had no idea. So this landlord was acting as a vigilante and still posting notices when that owner had passed away. Now the new owner, who is, is his sister, Zelta Siley, is still not responding. Now, I, I give my condolences to, condolences to her, but it's been nine months, you know. Please step in and do something about this landlord who's harassing us. So we've sent her notices as well. All she's done is, is come back to me with an attorney. She won't even talk to me. And the attorney is basically doing nothing to help the situation. So there's multiple landlords. So that this is a family that owns this property and, and different family members are, are taking the lead and in the harassment, taking the lead and, and trying to bring in higher paying tenants. Is that, is that what, yeah, is mean, that know, what I'm understanding? It's, okay, so let me just go back. So the original owner who took me to court back in 2006, he took over from the lady that was the owner when I moved in. So there was a lady that I moved in, she was fine, she got sick, her, her nephew took over, okay? He died in September of 2020, and I didn't know about that. But he had condoned this. He hired this landlord to harass me. So this new owner hired Lance Maxwell of ABM Realty to harass me to get me out to get more money for the unit. Now, when he died, now his sister has it. So when you mean, um, so the, 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 real, the realtor is the one that was hired by the family, by the landlord, to do the harassment. That is correct. That is correct. Okay. And he's the one that died. No. No. Oh. The, no. He's still around. Okay. And harassing. The owner. So, okay. so the owner hires the landlord management company to, to manage the property. Okay. So that owner who condoned this, he hired him. Yes. <laughs> and yes. gave his blessing for, because I... I actually have called that owner who passed away, unfortunately. Uh, I've called him several times and left messages telling him what's going on. It's not like he didn't know what was going on. He knew I was being harassed. This new owner, who is the sister of the man who died, the other owner, she now has taken over and still will not step in to do something about Lance, who is the manager that they hired. You follow? Okay, I got you now. I got you now. Okay, so... The, 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 the nephew who took over the building died in 2020. His sister is running the building now, but hired, they had hired the real estate agent or company to, 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 to be the property manager of the company, of, of the property. And they're the ones who are doing the harassment. Yeah. Now, you said that, you're, you don't, that something's wrong with your electricity. 
tell me specifically, what's going on with the electricity? So, specifically, the building is not up to code. It's very old. I don't remember when it was built, but very early in the century. So, I cannot do two things at once. So, if I want to put on the microwave and also the coffee maker at the same time, it'll blow out the fuse. If I want to wash clothes and, and iron my iron something, it blows out the fuse. If I want to, you know, whatever it is, I cannot do two things at the same time. And the fuse box is in the closet, which is a fire hazard. So, I have to go in there, and sometimes... It won't even work when I flip them back on. Sometimes an electrician has to come out just to get it back up and running, and then I'm out of electricity for days until they decide to, to, to bring out electricity. Electrician. So, and, and I, sometimes I don't know what the two items will be because it's changed over the years. So I kind of got used to, oh, well, I can't do these two things at once, and then I won't do them. Then I'll do two, thing, two other things at once, and, it'll, and I'll go, oh, I can't even do that. And it's just getting worse. And then another thing is in, in the living room, uh, I can't even really plug in the TV without the sparks coming out. There's sparks everywhere. Um, when I told the landlord about it, the email, he responded back and said, well, what did you do to make that happen? And I said, I didn't do anything. I literally plugged in the TV. He said, well, you said you plugged in the TV, so you made it happen. <laughs> I said, well, I don't think you sparks should come out of a, a socket just because you plug in the TV, you know. Um, and it smelled like electricity. It smelled like burnt something for for days and he did not do anything about it but this is why it's so important for them to fix this because it's not just that i can't you know i'm getting convenience but it's also a fire hazard and it's dangerous it's a level four dangerous in in terms of the los angeles housing department it's up there um can so i know that they don't have to provide air conditioning but i do have an air conditioning unit that i cannot use in these hot sweltering summers because it blows out the socket every time Janice, thank you so much for explaining and going into detail so that we can really understand the importance of having this anti-harassment ordinance to protect tenants and to hold landlords accountable for everything, whether it's repairs, whether it's, you know, having bullies come in or anything to try to get you out of your living space. So hang in there, sis. Hang in there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Well, she, she, she referenced um, a website, and that's stayhousedla.org. That's S-T-A-Y-H-O-U-S-E-D-L-A.org. And it's that website that led her to ACE, to Alliance of California Community Empowerment. I'm Angela Birdsong. You're listening to Conversation Piece, and we'll be back with more at this press conference and protest at Los Angeles City Hall, supporting the Tenants Anti-Harassment Ordinance. Landlord, landlord, my roof has sprung a leak. Don't you remember I told you about it way last week? Landlord, landlord, these steps is broken down. When you come up yourself, it's a wonder you don't fall down. Ten bucks you say I owe you? Ten bucks you say is due? Well, that's ten bucks more than I'll pay you till you fix this house up new. What? You're going to get eviction orders? You're going to cut off my heat? You're going to take my furniture and throw it in the street? Mm-hmm. You talking high and mighty. Talk on till you get through. You ain't going to be able to say a word if I lay in my fist on you. Police! Police! Come and get this man. He's trying to ruin the government and overturn the land. 
Copper's Whistle, Patrol Bell, Arrest. Precinct Station, on sale headlines in press. Man threatens landlord. Tenant hell, no bail. Judge gives Negro 90 days in county jail. You are listening to Conversation Piece on Radio Justice. Next, lead organizer Sergio Vargas of ACE, followed by Maria Luz Ortiz, her story of landlord harassment, with interpreter Danny Acevedo. Angela Birdsong here, downtown Los Angeles in front of City Hall, where they are holding a press, or held a press conference and protesting to support the Los Angeles Tenants Anti-Harassment Ordinance, hoping that this will pass. I'm standing here with Sergio Vargas, who is the lead organizer of the of Alliance Californians for Community Empowerment, better known as ACE. Sergio, tell us about ACE involvement in this ordinance. Yes, yeah, so uh, first of all, ACE is a multi-issue organization. We organize in low-income communities, mainly South Central, District 8, District 10, District 9. Um, because of our, our people are being impacted by this harassment that's been happening way before the pandemic, but the pandemic just exacerbated that, program, that problem. We have clinics, free clinics with lawyers where normally we would have between 15, 20 people. Now we have every Tuesday and Thursday around 30 to 40 folks. So it was an uptake. Uh, and a lot of the stories we started hearing was just like, seriously, you know, landlords just training people with eviction, training people with immigration, training, just locking people out and changing their locks. So it just got out of control. Our leaders decide what to do. Our community decides what to do with our members. So they saw the problem. They decided that we need to, you know, take, a, there's an anti-harassment that's been on limbo for three, four years. So if we can push it, we, we might be able to, you know, to seize the moment and, and pass it which is what we started doing three months ago by telling the stories that folks uh, have, you know, have suffered. So it's pretty much putting their voice out there, uh, talking to your council member, this is what's happening, what are you going to do? There's this uh, anti-harassment law, let's get it out of the housing committee, let's get your support behind it. There, there were some amendments that we needed to put in there to make it even better, and they supported it. So now it's, that's, what, that's what got out of the housing committee, now we're here today for the final vote of the anti-harassment full council. Um, if it passes, then what? What's, what? what's the next step for, 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 for implementing this? Right, right. So it passes at this moment, then the city attorney has to write it. So around August, it would come back and they would just give it the, you know, the if it, if it looks great, if we like it too, we're going to support it. Uh, but that once the city attorney has written then this implementation, right, then it's making sure that the city council and the Nudie Martinez are following with their, their promise of implement, implementing, you know, pressuring the housing department for them to start, you know, putting the fines and, and you know, all these uh, penalties that these landlords should, you know, should have whenever they, they are being bad landlords, right? So that's what we're going to do. It's going to be more implementation, the active, you know, making sure that our, the cases, our cases of our people are, are, you know, are taken seriously and they're made, doing the right complaints to, you know, to put a penalty on the landlord that is doing the, the bad harassment. Okay, you said that you saw an uptick in, in people needing the services of ACE. How many people have blatant harassment from their landlord that, that you guys seen? Oh, well, in the past three months, easily more than 100 people. Easily. Yes. Um, it, it's way out of control. Even 
because our members also they they talk to their people so we get them you know their friends tell us this is what's happening so they refer to us and then you know come to the clinic go to state house so you can get your lawyer and get you know an organization with a lawyer already ready to represent you in case you go to eviction right at the same time let's get you into this clinic so you know your rights and you know you understand what's going on with you know the sb91 the local laws so that's what we started doing just kind of like giving the folks the the, the the rights for them to understand what's happening you have rights because a lot of folks they don't know that and those are the folks that were lucky enough to reach out to an organization that was working on that a lot of folks don't they don't even know there's organizations like that just like Janice she has no idea she had no idea that there was this kind of help out there so just like Janice there's a lot of folks out there like that right and that's why you know it's great that you know we get the media out and we get the word out so people understand you have rights and you can fight you know you're not alone and we also know that the eviction moratoriums are going to be coming to an end at the end of June that most definitely is going to have an effect on increasing on, on harassment. How are you guys preparing for that? Well, right now we are asking the governor, uh, the the senators and the city, uh, the, the assembly members, is Tony Atkins, um, uh, yeah, the governor, and we're telling them to expand, first of all, expand the protections. These protections are, that's why we don't see evictions right now at the level that we used to see them, right? It's not a moratorium because we still get to see some evictions, so it's not really a moratorium. But it's really helping a lot of people right now. Once this, those uh, protections are done, then, you know, the lender is going to expect tenants to pay, you know, their full rent. Uh, and they're already telling tenants, like, prepare because next month you're going to have to pay your full rent. And a lot of folks don't have that. And once they don't, they're not going to be able to pay, then the landlord gets to uh, send, you know, send them to an eviction court. And that's when it gets really dangerous because that's... You know, they're going to lose the case because there's no protections. So we are asking for them to expand the protections uh, and also to, uh, to add more uh, to, to the cancellation of rents should be 100%. It should not be conditional on the landlord to participate. Because what it is right now is that the landlord can get 80% of the rent relief if they choose to participate. You know, the tenant gets 25%. That's, that's nothing compared to what, you know, a person that has owed six months or something like that, 25%, you still owe a lot of money after that. So we're making it to be, we're calling it to be 100% for rent forgiveness. That way, and the landlord has to take the money. He doesn't, he, he shouldn't have to just say, yeah, I'll, I'll take the money if I want to. Because that doesn't help anybody. That's not the real help that we need. So that's, that's what we're calling for. We're making calls to assembly members. So, so you can go and find your representative, call your assembly member, tell him about your situation uh, so they can close these loopholes and they can expand these protections. If they don't expand these protections, uh, we're going to see a lot of evictions happening real soon. Angela Birdsong here, conversation piece on radiojustice.org. We are still downtown Los Angeles in front of City Hall, pushing supporting and finding out more information about the tenants anti-harassment ordinance that is before city council right now i have um maria luce artis with me right now she is also with alliance of california's for community empowerment and she is a tenant who is being harassed by her landlord um luce tell us your story what type of harassment you you are facing okay mi nombre es maria luz ortiz este um yo tengo 30 años viviendo en la 1016 no wilco estaba en un apartamento uno so el dueño siempre nos ha uh, nos ha este 
molestado, me hizo, me hizo vender un carro que si no me, me tenía que salir. Y um, mi hijo entró un estrés muy grande de hora del COVID y um, es, uh, estuvo internado en el hospital y esa, esa medicina que le dieron en el hospital pues se lo hizo, uh, entró una desprez muy fea. Um, I've been living in my apartment in District 4 for over 30 years. Uh, my landlord has constantly been harassing me and giving me complaints and eviction notices uh, for even to, uh, for having a parking space that I'm supposed to, so supposed to have, but he wants to take over it. So he made me actually lose my parking space and sell my car because I couldn't find any parking spots. And, you know, the, the parking citations I started tallying up and then I couldn't afford it. So I actually ended up having to sell my car because my landlord forced me out of my parking spot. This has been very stressful to my life, and then post the pandemic, uh, you know, dealing with my children, they, they have spiraled down to depression because we feel like we don't belong there, and constantly getting harassed and being pushed out of our apartment is not the way to live life. So, yo caí, yo caí de, de cáncer, uh, estuve en hospital un año y medio, y este, uh, mi hijo ahí dormía conmigo en hospital y todo, y no sabía yo que el dueño lo les llamaba, le mandaba por email, le mandaba mensajes que se tenía que salir del apartamento. Y entonces um, fue una depresión muy grande que entró mi hijo. Y, y entonces, para no hacerse las largas, mi, uh, ya cuando desperté de coma y salí del hospital, entonces ya el hombre no, uh, ya miró que yo sí estaba viva. Él pensaba que yo estaba muerta y, y, y se aprovechó de sacar a mis hijos, de querer sacar a mis hijos. Uh. Uh, about a year ago, I, I suffered from cancer, and I actually got induced into a coma. During this time period, uh, my, my child, my son, he was taking over the apartment and making the payments and explicitly telling the landlord that my mother is in a coma, and he wouldn't believe it and saying that she's dead and, like, you know, she's, like, good riddance. Like, no, you have to leave the apartment. Like, you're not on the lease. Your mother was on the lease. And he wouldn't even validate my mother's existence even though she was in a coma. And it was really stressful for them. Um... Despite having a treacherous uh, treatment like chemotherapy and surviving uh, cancer, I was able to come back to life and uh, go back to my apartment and only to notice even more harassment from my, from, my, from my landlord. And this is not the quality of life that anybody deserves. Y él, uh, este, este dueño, no sé, uh, siempre ha tenido muchas, mucha discriminación conmigo y yo siento que porque soy madre soltera, porque... Le llamaba para que me arreglara el apartamento o algo y nunca quería arreglármelo. Y yo veo, yo miro que a toda la gente que tiene esposo sí les arreglen las cosas. Pero entonces yo decidí pagar uh, por mí misma porque él dijo, ¿quieres vivir bien? Tú tienes que poner tu propio dinero. Hasta ahorita, hasta ahorita yo sigo poniendo con mi propio dinero todo lo que se descompone en el apartamento. Uh, even to this day, uh, if I have any uh, inconveniences with, with household... Um, irregularities like a leaky faucet or uh, faulting electricity or lack of gas he insists of not helping me out and says that that has to be on my terms even though he helps out other people in the apartment it's really hard as a single mother to be putting up my children and also be paying for 
uh, repairs that I'm supposed to be paying each month because my, my, my rent is supposed to be covering my, 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 my livelihood. When I, you know, I'm paying rent for my space. And then obviously, if something is wrong, that's, the burden falls on the landlord. But he's explicitly telling me that it has to fall on me. And it's gotten to the point where I have to hire a handyman and I have to be, I have to, I have to, it has to be out-of-pocket expenses for me to repair my apartment on top of paying rent. So, uh, hace como unos siete, cinco, seis meses, el dueño, uh, mi hijo estaba, llama, estaba lavando la ropa atrás del parking, en, en, donde está el entry. Entonces, mi, el, mi hijo, como ese día, estaba cantando fuerte. Y pues sí, la verdad, andaba, to, andaba tocando las puertas, uh, dándoles ayuda, ofreciéndoles ayuda a los inquilinos. Ellos los conocen desde muy chiquitos a mis hijos, pero como han entrado otros dueños, otros inquilinos, So, había un muchacho ya uh, había un muchacho de apartamento 3 que tenía unos perros grandes y al drede me lo hacía que se paraban las ventanas para que los, los perros me hicieran me, me tocaran la puerta la ventana y eso la, los vecinos también me dijeron que fue el dueño que le, le estaba pagando a él para que me hiciera esa maldad we have new tenants coming into our building complex and they're for lack of better words, in cahoots or uh, befriended the landlord and are trying to do intimidation. Uh, they have two huge dogs that are not very friendly and have lack of training and it's very unsafe for me to be doing laundry outside and I feel the intimidation and the threat level has gone extremely up, especially with these new tenants coming in. You know, I, I feel like I'm being pushed against the wall and as I mentioned before, as being a single mother, having to put up with my children and supporting them and also paying the utility bills and the rent and on top of that, a handyman, it's, it's becoming uh, exhausting, especially after post-pandemic and being a cancer survivor. Como el día 10 de marzo, mi hijo estaba lavando atrás y como le llamaron, le llamaron al apartamento 2, se llama David, él le llamó por teléfono al dueño que mi hijo andaba desnudo en la calle, en el parking y no era cierto. Andaba, él andaba con un chorcito aquí así y, y, y sin camiseta, andaba haciendo mucho caliente. So, entonces el dueño llegó, bien enojado, se metió de parking de reversa y entonces a mi hijo ya se iba, tenía las llaves colgando aquí y entonces mi, uh, ya lo, iba entrando mi hijo al apartamento. Entonces llegó el, el dueño, lo agarró de aquí, los, lo, lo estrujó y lo, y lo tiró contra el, contra el piso y lo anduvo golpeando contra la pared. The, the harassment has gotten to a point of actual threat uh, and levels where my son has been assaulted by the landlord. Um, it was a hot day and he was uh, doing laundry uh, shirtless with the small shorts and they were getting complaints that he was nude even though he wasn't nude. Um, so the landlord decided to take it upon himself and drove into the property in the driveway and as soon as he saw my son, he dragged him by the, the, the keys he had wrapped around his, uh, his, his collar, the, the, the lanyard, and he dragged him out of the, as he was walking to his apartment, he dragged him out and he pushed him down against the, against the concrete and was like smacking him around as punishment. And like, um, it's, it's just very unsafe. I, I feel, I feel like this is not safe. This is not okay. This is, his behavior should be punished. Like this is assault. This is intimidation. This is a threatening level. I have to pay my own expenses. Like it's gotten to a point where I don't know what to do. And luckily I, Ace is giving me a voice and, and, I really appreciate the help. ¿Cuántos años um, su hijo? 26. So llegó, la vecina miró cómo traía el dueño a mi hijo. Entonces, 
a, lo, lo agarró y lo empujó hasta el carro. Y el hombre, el, el dueño sacó, el, el, se llama Larry, sacó Larry, el, abrió la cajuela de la, de, la, de la carro y sacó el martillo y empezó a, 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 golpear, a, querer, a golpearle pues, en la cabeza. Entonces la dueña, mi vecina, Chayo Alvarado, bajó y le dijo, no lo vais a golpear con el martillo, Larry. Uh, it got to the point where the landlord was so frustrated with my son, after smacking him around and throwing him to the ground, he pulled a hammer out of his, uh, of his trunk, and uh, other tenants got really terrified. They're like, they actually came out of the apartments and were telling him, like, hey, like, you, you have to stop this, like, don't kill him, you know, like, stop trying to hit him with a hammer on the head. And, like, it's just, like, I, I feel really unsafe. Y mi hijo como que como quería quitarle la mano porque se la metió toda, le mordió lo que es aquí, pues para defenderse del de Larry, ¿verdad? Y entonces en eso ya, los inquilinos vieron con lo que estaba pasando, llamaron a la policía. Entonces los policías llegaron y querían llevarse a mi hijo, pero no a Larry, sino que él es el, el criminal el que estaba golpeando a mi hijo. Entonces yo me agarré, me, me agarré como con seis policías a pelear, a, a defender a mi hijo. Le dije, si tú, te llevas a, si tú te llevas a mi hijo, te vas a llevar a, también al dueño. Le dije, porque él me estaba matando a mi hijo. Uh, it got to the point where uh, the, he was trying to grab a hold of him, and since he didn't have a T-shirt, uh, he ended up putting his, mouth, his hand in his mouth and to hold him down while he was trying to hit him with the hammer. And out of like a pure adrenaline, the, my son had no choice, and he, had, he bit his hand. And he screamed and remorse, and like the tenants got really terrified, so the police got involved. And obviously, when they showed up, the landlord was he he changed the narrative and he showed proof that he was the landlord and this is his property. And very authoritarian, discarded like all the abuse he's been doing and insisted that my child had to go to prison to the point where I was defending my child from six policemen and holding them back so my child wasn't taken away from me, despite him being assaulted. So, on top of him being a victim, now he's being deemed as a criminal. And I just hate how we have no voice and the, the narrative is always for the landlord and not for the tenant. How, how, do you, how, how do you expect this ordinance to protect you once it's passed? ¿Qué esperas que pase después de esta ordenancia de antiacoso pase? Yo espero que se haga justicia porque... Aún así, que, siguió, eh, que hizo el problema él, me mandó una carta que yo tenía que desocupar el apartamento. Ahorita ya, va, ya van cinco, seis meses que no me, no me recibe la renta. Yo la mandé dos meses y me la regresó. So, me dijo Elena que ya no se lo mandara, entonces ahí está el dinero acumulado en el banco. Él, él, y ya el mes que entra tenemos corte, que ya, este, que ya tenemos, que, tenemos corte para, según para irnos. Uh, at, at, at the moment, I, I really expect to hear a voice and for him to be tried uh, and, and convicted for, for his crimes. You know, like anybody living under the scrutiny is, is horrible and I wish it, I don't wish it upon, I don't have enemies, but I wouldn't wish it upon my enemies. Uh, at the moment, I've been trying to pay rent for the past six months, but he declines it and sends it back to me uh, via mail. Uh, I talked to my lawyers and they're saying that, you know, obviously don't give the money because he's going he's gonna to change the narrative. And uh, this coming month, we have, we have a court date to be established because he's been sending, uh, he's, after this incident with the police, he sent me an eviction notice. So we have a court date uh, this, uh, this month. Um, so I, I really hope that 
I really hope that this this ordinance I have is going to fuel my case and prove that you know like I, nobody deserves to live under this scrutiny, and that hopefully in court it'll be uh, it'll be more more be new evidence to be shown, and more more power to me because at the moment I don't have a voice and I expect to have a voice after this ordinance, especially my court date. Señor, señor Ortiz, muchas gracias. Para your story. Okay. Yes, yes. Una, nomás para que una cosa más importante. Yo pienso que como este hombre, no no sé si será el dueño o será el manager, yo pienso que es un criminal y no debe no debe de pasar eso lo que está pasando con él, porque no nomás conmigo está pasando, antes está pasando con muchas personas. Y lo que no me siento contenta es que porque me, Elena me ganó el caso, gracias a Dios, la que es mi abogada de ese caso. Pero yo digo, ¿cómo, ganó el, ¿cómo ganamos el caso si no se ha hecho justicia? Él sigue libre como si nada y, y, a, y mi hijo quedó tramado, mi hijo quedó bien tramado. Por caso de eso, están, estuvo en rehabilitación y, y este, la pasilla le están afectando. Ahora no está trabajando porque cada sale a la calle y le da, le da miedo. Va el dueño y mi hijo se mete corriendo, con, le da dueño, le da miedo. Y no es justo que, que nomás va a quedar así impune la, el caso, o qué va a pasar. Uh, she just wants to reiterate that uh, in my building I'm not the only one experiencing this kind of harassment. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them have maybe more opportunities. Uh, unlike me, as a single mother, I don't have the money to put a deposit on a new, new apartment or to just uproot my whole life and leave. Unfortunately, I can't be able to do that. So I have to stay and, and face, you know, this, this, this convict, this criminal, because what he's, what he's doing is a criminal activity. My, my son has been traumatized and he has to take, uh, he went to rehab for, for, for uh, um, uh, 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 a sprain, a sprained rib for being tossed around. And he has psychological trauma. Every time the, the, the landlord comes around, he, he runs inside. When he goes out, he's like scared that these new tenants that are coming into uh, into our building are like harassing him. He's terrified of the dogs. He doesn't feel comfortable doing laundry. I don't feel comfortable. Um, we want we want one case with with my lawyer Elena, and then the next court date is you know when we're gonna when we're gonna find like a final a final voice. But I really want him to be tried and convicted for his crimes because I don't appreciate him being free and while he's like traumatized my son and assaulted him so I just wanted to reiterate uh, re 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 reiterate that we're not the only ones doing this we're not the only ones going through this and, and I, I I wish more people would stand up uh, for, for, for their rights you know I'm a single mother and if I could do it you guys could do it muchas gracias muchas gracias sí igualmente igualmente sí sí Thank you to Sergio Vargas, Janice Dixon, Maria Luz Ortiz, and interpreter Danny Acevedo, all from ACE, Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment. And big thanks to my college BFF, Nocizwe Shamaranga. Join Walker Associates West for Women and Money on Juneteenth, Saturday, June 19th, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Zoom. Featuring Joyce Vaughn, VP Senior Advisor at Leg Mason. Call 310-904-9779 for Zoom details. 
Thank you to Leslie Radford, Adam Rice, Michael Washington of M. Wash Soul for the opening and closing theme song. And always you, our RGLA family. Reach us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes as you listen to us worldwide anytime on RadioJustice.org. I'm Angela Birdsong. Once again, thank you for allowing me to share this special experience of conversation piece on Radio Justice with you. Remember to be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be brave. Be courageous. And let all that you do be done with love.